So what could be the most important questions that we didn't consider yet in, in self-robotics community? Something that you think, oh, we didn't consider these questions yet? Oh, um, well, um, if I would have one of these questions, I would work on it, I think. Um, so maybe the other way around, I think what I personally find really interesting is, is um, the control side of robots of soft robots, uh, which haven't been solved. And this is very much connected to morphological computation. Mm. Um, so I, I think, um, and that's what my group is working on mostly, that we really think about, um, we have now this huge variety of, of tools at our hand, different kind of materials and different kind of um, ways to build robots. So we have a much, pick a toolbox that we can employ. And now the question is what we're going to do with that. Um, so um, our approach is through morphological combination, but this is just one approach, right? Um, there's so many interesting approaches uh, that you can take in order to use this toolbox. Um, I think another, we should also think about the next steps, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, what we also think a lot in our group is about growing robots. So how can we uh, have systems that are even more lifelike, um, so how you can change the morphology through growing, through interaction with the environment, and so on. But this is a very personal question that I like a lot, um, but I think the it's important that the community is open and then everyone can persuade their own kind of directions. Uh, I think it would be not good for, for the community if everyone would do the same things. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you about what the challenges you would like to solve in your research challenges. Yes, um, I think the one of the challenges is definitely uh, the control of robots, of soft robots specifically. I think we are still not radical enough in this direction uh, hmm. as a community. Um, looking at, at soft robotics, it came out of um, a community like living machines or artificial life, where people are very open-minded, very artistic. Um, a lot of crazy ideas and um, and you can see that in soft robotics there are so many really cool things going on uh, we'll, because we all we have this kind of toolbox we can do many more things than, than if you if you're confined to electric motors and, and metal struts that you have to put together mm -hmm. um, and it seems then when we look at control we're still using the old tools we still use uh, control theory which is a very powerful tool obviously but um, we try to push it to the limits and break it. I think um, we we have to think a little bit more broad in that sense to solve this problem. Um, so this this kind of assumptions that we have in control theory, and I'm I'm coming from control theory, so I completely see that um, in my own work as well. That mm -hmm. we we try to put it into boxes, right? That's the plant, that's the environment, that's the controller. Mm -hmm. And I think we have here a huge opportunity to think much much broader in control. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, what I mentioned before, is I'm, I'm very interested in growing and interacting with the environment. So instead of having everything predefined and preassembled, um, like building robots like a machine, I think a soft robotics gives us the opportunity to take a completely new approach here. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, we build robots since the beginning of robotics the same way, right? We have we build them as machines. We build them with same tools, electric motors, uh, metal parts. And there's a good reason for that, right? Because 
it makes it much, much easier to model such systems and therefore much easier to control. So it's an engineering-based approach. But um, now having these new tools, we try to do the same things now with soft structures. And, and we can see that it's not so easy. So we, we can actually embrace it and say, okay, maybe we have to build robots in a different way. And one approach is that we take here is to say, okay, maybe we just have to equip the robot with the right tools to mm-hmm. develop themselves, right? Uh, so. Um, this could be on the controller side, but also on the morphological side. Um, we can equip them with growing mechanisms, right? And then they can interact with the environment. And even if they have the same learning algorithms in the same body, if you throw them into different kind of environments, depending on the feedback they get from these two different environments, they will devolve into different kind of structures. So they would be much more robust, much more adaptive. Uh, uh, and we would also build system for them to allow to have emerging solutions instead of giving them the solution beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very important point because you always say that there is a hidden superpower in, in morphological computation, but controller is not playing so much. And that resonates me with Professor Antonio Becky because he already highlighted something about the controller. We design a controller that destroys the natural dynamic of soft robotics. And this yeah. is something uh, I don't know what your thoughts about a possible solution. If you think that we just fitting something is not matching uh, the nature of Dr. robotics. Yes, I, I think he. I, I was listening to this podcast as well, and um, I think he put it really well. Uh, it's really the problem that in a, in a conventional control approach using conventional robotics. What we try to do is to force the system into doing something, right? Mm-hmm. We consider the body as the enemy, so to say, and we we try to have high-torque servo motors, a lot of energy in order to follow exactly this kind of trajectory that we wanted to do, uh, which is good if you want to have high precision, but the, these kind of things are not very energy efficient. Mm-hmm. And this only works if you have a perfect model or nearly perfect model of your body and also the environment, which is okay for an assembly line or under lab conditions. But if you go out into the forest, for example, you cannot have enough sensory information in order to understand everything that happens in the environment. Mm-hmm. It's dynamically changing. There's a lot of noise. So even having a precise plan will not help you uh, because uh, it might not work out the way you want it to do. And, um, and also it plays into energy efficiency, right? If you have a system that you're forced to do something, um, instead of actually let the system go and have this kind of underactuation, or uh, like when we walk, we, we swing the leg as a pendulum. We don't control every mm. muscle all the time, every single millisecond as a robot usually does. Uh, we use this kind of potential energy, use it as a swinging movement into kinetic energy, and we get this momentum going. Um, and this is much more energy efficient, right? Uh, mm. Also, if you have compliance and you have this impact, you have the impact go through your body, compress, for example, come a spring and release at the right point in time. Um, again, you don't want to control every single aspect. Mm. And this is actually something that we see in our work in morphological computation. If you want to do computation, you cannot control or you don't want to control every single degree of freedom because otherwise the body would do what you wanted to do uh, instead of actually let it do what it should do, like do some computation and you just read it out after that, for example. So it's very, very closely connected to that. Mm-hmm. 